Welcome everybody to this episode of Tap Out Talk, NXT Halloween Havoc 2022. It was a crazy night, and let's get into the results and thoughts. So, it was a night of action. It was a night of thrills, a night of chills, and it was definitely an all-out night of champions remaining. It started out so hot, and this was a show that I felt like just really kind of had a very gimmick-heavy pay-per-view for NXT that might have, some might accuse it of carrying over from WWE Extreme Rules just a few weeks ago. But regardless, we got to check in tonight on what NXT is claiming to be the second biggest show behind their WrestleMania season show, Stand and Deliver. And I want to know, did it deliver? And was it a Halloween Havoc of old? Or was it something a little different? So without further ado, I'm your host, Brian, the Hype, Ballard, and let's get in. So, your host for the evening of Halloween Havoc was the return of Shotzi Blackheart. A very popular, and it was refreshing to have her back on the set tonight. And she plays this Halloween Havoc host the best. It's one of her favorite events to do. You can tell she gets a thrill out of it. Joining her is the um, super diva, Quincy Elliott. Um, not really here nor there on Quincy Elliott. It's a very heavy gimmick that they've got. But ultimately, um, I am always with Shotzi. We've seen Shotzi tonight dress up as the Joker. We've seen her change costumes and dress up as Beetlejuice for a skit. Um, she pulled off a lot. You can tell she really enjoys hosting and doing the show and doing a skit and doing interviews and spin the wheel and make a deal. So, without further ado, they start off right with the action. Right with the North American Championship. Coming out to the ring first is Nathan Frazier. Nathan Frazier, watching this guy, who does he remind me of? He reminds me of somebody. I don't know who. Is it maybe one of the young bucks? Maybe he's got that style to him. But, did you guys know he's trained by none other than Seth Rollins? That's right, Nathan Frazier was trained by Seth Rollins. So maybe, just maybe, he's got a little Seth Rollins to his vibe and to his game. But he's got something special. I've seen that tonight. Next up, we had Oro Mensa. Oro walks out, he walks under the ladder, and it's bad news for him, right? It's bad luck. So, we get him in the match. We got the ever-popular Carmelo Hayes. Mellow, 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 right? Mello wins this match tonight. He will become the first three-time North American champion. Triple threat, triple crown. Mello is money. Next, we have Wes Lee. You guys remember him from MSK, the tag team that had lots of battles in the last year with his partner Swerve Strickland, who's now off to AEW land. And finally, we have Von Wagner, the big muscle man, who is definitely serving the athletic muscle build in this matchup. So I want to tell you guys, this match was one of my matches of the night. Very heavily one of my matches of the night. The match began with all five men looking at the title suspended above the ring. The action spilled into the ringside area. Frazier took a dive from the top turnbuckles to take out Wagner on the floor. The first ladder was introduced in the ring. Frazier sent Hayes face first into the ladder, set up into the corner. Frazier set the ladder up in the center of the ring. Another ladder was brought into the ring at this point very quickly. Lee used the second ladder as a weapon on Wagner. Wagner responded with a big boot. Wagner powerbombed Frazier onto the ladder set. 
up on the turnbuckles, Wagner attempted to climb the ladder in the middle of the ring, but it was stopped by Mellow Mellow Hayes, right? Hayes attempted to climb the ladder himself, but Frazier returned with a missile dropkick and then dropped the ladder on Frazier on the corner. This match was all over tonight, and it was amazing, and this was such a cool way to showcase a lot of mid-card talent that NXT has to show us, and I got a lot from every guy in this match tonight. It was so well delivered and so well done. Hayes, at this point, speaking of delivering, back to the action, delivered a leg drop to Mensa on the ladder. Hayes then connected to a Spanish fly on Frazier on the ladder. Mensa attempted to climb the ladder, but Williams pushed him off onto the rest of the competitors on the outside. Williams and Stone climbed up the ladder, and Williams pushed her off the ladder. Wagner uh, pulled out a large ladder from underneath. Frazier ended up putting Wagner, Wagner through the ladder with a frog splash from the top. Lee pulled out another giant ladder underneath the ring, and Wagner positioned the ladder in the center of the ring. Wagner drew Lee from the ring to the commentator desk. On the outside, Wagner was then sent over the barricade with a mini ladder by Frazier and Mensa. Mensa and Frazier then fought at the top of the ladder in the ring. Hayes ended up alone in the ring, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is it, Mellow is money, 3P, 3P. But no, Lee connected with a double knees to Hayes on the ladder and positioning on the ropes and the ladder in the center of the ring. Lee climbed the ladder in the middle of the ring and grabbed the title and the winner and the new NXT North American Championship, Wes Lee. It's an interesting win tonight. Like I said, this is my one of my matches of the night. I think it is my match of the night. This Got the crowd hot. Not that it's hard to do with the NXT crowd. They are always hyped every single night of the week. But I really was thinking it was going to be Von Wagner or Carmelo Hayes. Nathan Frazier showed me a lot tonight. Um, like again, I can see that he's trained by Seth. I can see that he's got a lot going here. But Wes Lee, that's an interesting pick to win this match. I see a lot of people on Twitter that are happy. You guys are happy about it. I'm just great. Um, this was a chance for me, I know of Carmelo, right? This was a chance for me to see these mid-card guys of the NXT brand. And they did a great job highlighting every guy equally. So, well done. My applaud to you guys tonight. And it was, again, Wesley taking the title. We're going to see where we go from here in the feud. Up next, we have... Um, actually, in between this, we actually don't go to the casket match right away. We actually have the casket match that comes, the Druids, from The Undertaker, right? The Druids, bring out the casket. And while we do that, we cut to a pre-recorded scene with Alba Fire and Mandy Rose in Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction is walking up Mandy Rose uh, with uh, her on the uh, Alba Fire haunted trail. And then it goes into this haunted house-like setting in which a bunch of cinematic battle happens. Now, people were trashing this thing like crazy. I want to say uh, it had some vibes of not a Firefly Funhouse, not a, you know, that kind of match, but, you know, a little bit of like what Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton went through years ago. I want to say it was like the pay-per-view right after WrestleMania where they had a... Uh, basically a cinematic match in a house that would later carry into the ring. Um, and I believe it was called House of Horrors match at Extreme Rules. I forget the year it was actually occurred. But it was Orton 
along with Bray Wyatt. So this uh, actually had this vibe to it. And Alba Fire, um, a.k.a. Kaylee Ray, uh, she's got this whole crazy gimmick with the, um, the haunted house. She takes out Toxic Attraction, ultimately with her ghost and ghouls, and then basically kidnaps Mandy Rose and takes her into the car, and they're going to the arena. And then we get back to the arena and back to the action. So uh, the fans crapped all over that. We'll talk a little bit more about it. But for right now, man, we had Apollo Crews and the ever-popular Grayson Waller. Crews and Waller had a spin-the-wheel-and-make-the-deal match. There was a lot of matches with Apollo Crews having some eye injuries, and you can see the blood coming out of the eyes during a lot of the promos and the hype videos. Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller, they spin the wheel in the pre-show. Waller wants a blindfold match, but they get a casket match instead. So then, Crews quickly responds and took control of the match. Basically, they start just fighting immediately, right? Cruz worked on Waller in the corner and delivered two chops to the chest. Waller replied and sent Cruz down to the canvas. Waller mocked The Undertaker by sitting up and laughing. It was a great spot and a nice way to pay homage. The action spilled to the outside. Cruz launched Waller to the floor. Cruz sent Waller to the commentary table. Waller used a pen to the face to fend off Cruz. And on the top turnbuckle, Waller delivered a thumb to the eye, and Cruz, Apollo Cruz fell through the casket, positioned on the outside. Weird spot just happened here. Very weird spot, because he fell in the casket, and he fell into it and it broke, right? And so you're like, okay, we can't shut him in the casket anymore. So the lights go out. The uh, druids re basically uh, remerge with... You know, and uh, Cruz reemerges when the lights turn on with a bunch of druids on the outside of the ring. And then he walks them to the ring as they bring another casket that's more sturdy. It was a weird spot and almost makes you wonder if this wasn't, um, you know, planned or not. But ultimately, Waller acted like he was going to win the match. So then what we get is Cruz, once again, um, basically, they go back at it again. It's almost like they just started the second half of the match or they just kind of restarted in a weird after going to work on his opponent, Cruz sent Waller into the casket. Waller prevented Cruz from closing the lid. Apollo Cruz connected with a frog splash on top of Waller to the floor. Waller went for a tombstone in the center of the ring, but Cruz countered. Cruz launched Waller into the casket from the apron and closed the lid, slamming it shut. And with that, Apollo Cruz is your winner here in the casket match. All right, so... Um, this match, um, it had the spooky elements, of course, it had the casket match. Like I said, tonight was a definitely gimmick heavy. There was a gimmick for every match, except for the, I would say, the main event with Braun Breaker. So, in this one, we got a uh, kind of all over the ring match, but these two kind of made it work, right? Um, the only awkward spot was when the casket broke, and I don't know. Man, it felt like it was planned, but it just don't know the way it kind of acted and they kind of shut the lights out and then started again. I don't know if they're going for a shock factor. Uh, Grayson Waller did a good job and I think it's great that we had Apollo Crews um, in this match. I like that what NXT is doing now with bringing these veterans back from the main roster to compete with these younger guys. The guys that are on the main roster have to help and why not be NXT alumni like Apollo Crews who I always felt went up to the main roster too early come back and help these guys before they have to make that run it's too early so after the match we get a quick video of andrew chase teaching a class about halloween havoc and eh, 
you know, NXT does a good job of doing in-between segments and skits, something that, you know, we don't get as much on the main roster. But Alba Fire then was showing, driving Mandy Rose in the backseat after she kidnapped her during the video earlier. So, you know, they're building to their match. And speaking of the ladies, up next, we have another spin the wheel and make the deal match. And they ended up in their pre-show spin. Uh, Roxana Perez and Cora Jade ended up getting a weapons wild match. And what that basically means, everyone, is there's just that uh, weapons all over the ring. Very, very crazy Extreme Rules style, right? Anything you could think of. So, in this match, we get both ladies out. We have the Good Friends Better Enemies moniker, right? That sounds a very, you know, like in-your-house type vibe. But ultimately, we're like, who's going to take this one? Who's winning, right? So, Cora Jade and Roxana Perez, they're in this Weapons Wilds match. Um, we actually, uh, Perez brought Cora Jade's old skateboard to the ring and initially tried to use it as a weapon because anything's legal. After a back and forth, Perez pulls out a table from underneath the ring and positions it against the barricade. Jade was hiding under the ring. She sprayed Perez in the face with a unique, or uh, unidentified liquid of sorts. And then Jade followed up by swinging Perez into the barricade. Jade set up a pile of chairs in the ring. Jade used a trash can as a weapon on Perez. Jade then continued to punish Perez on the outside with a rope. So at this point, Perez eventually turned the tables after dodging Jade's steel chain attack. Back in the ring, Perez repeatedly struck Jade with a kendo stick. Jade attempted to dodge Perez by escaping into the crowd, and Jade managed to body slam Perez onto the stage, which set up for really the pre-show in the beginning, right? So Jade removed one of the safety rails. Both competitors end up crashing now down through the top, all the way to two tables below. Boom! Right? At the action, then eventually, after they recovered, returned to the ring. Press and Jade onto the pile of chairs. Press followed it up with a pop rocks. Bam! Onto the chairs to win the match. And your winner, Roxanne Arez over Cora Jade. Max, so this uh, match. Uh, it's kind of all over the place. Um, did I think it was bad? No. Did I think it was great? No. It, um, you know, I don't know if I was just on this big emotional high from the first match and the opening and then the following, but this match, for what it was for, they used the arena, they used the weapons effectively, and they just kind of, you know, I did like the high spot, and I did like the ending on the chairs. So with that, I'll say, yeah, it was a pass, and it was a decent quick match. It didn't overstay its welcome, and I was appreciative of that. So, you know, thank you for not making this thing drag out to be like 30, 40 minutes, right? So backstage, we get Dragunov was shown preparing for his NXT Championship match. And then we get Shotzi introduced to the, as the host of the show. Um, then Quincy Ellett was then introduced. And then we get Lash Legend, who made her way out. And Legend said that she has seen enough, and Elliot told Legend to go back to the locker room. Legend said she had a problem with the Shotzi hosting the show, and then Shotzi attacked her with a DDT. Kind of a quick segment. Uh, this sets up a match, guys, that's going to happen this Tuesday on NXT um, that is actually going to you know, be between these two. And Shotzi Blackheart is now back in the NXT brand. For how long, who knows? All right, so up next, we have the ambulance match. We get a really good package talking about the history of Diamond Mine. I really enjoyed this segment, and this was great for the casual viewers that pop in on NXT at these premium live events, right? 
but they actually just kind of get a taste of what's going on. So, you got the popular tag team of Diamond Mind, the Creed Brothers. And in this case, uh, they've had lots of success, but how would they do by themselves? So we get into a situation with another Diamond Mind member. This is where Diamond Mind kind of explodes with Damon Kemp betraying the Creeds um, with an attack. And later it was revealed to be Kemp himself. So ultimately we get Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp. And the caveat here is if Julius Creed loses, his brother Brutus is out of wrestling for good. Well, that right there tells you I doubt that they would want to break up the Creed tag team because they are so good as a tag team, you guys. Like, I'm not kidding. If you haven't seen any of their work, uh, check out the Stand and Deliver review that I did. I'll link it up here in the corner. Um, but also, that is, you know, great, you know, with the Dusty Tag Team Tournament and then winning the um, overall in-your-house event to win the championships. But with this, you know, we get a singles match, and even at that, we get an ambulance match. So with Creed's being like a traditional wrestling style, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they fare against David Kemp in this, you know, ambulance brawl. So Creed basically starts with a steel chair in hand. That's been the storyline in this whole match, in the whole story. Uh, connected with a drop kick from the top before the bell even rang. As soon as the bell rang, back and forth, the brawl began. On the outside, Creed launched Kemp. Creed attempted to finish the match early and sent Kemp into the ambulance, but Kemp used a crutch to stop Creed from closing both doors. Um, basically, you know, this was kind of weird at this moment because it wasn't just one time. It was actually used, and he kept trying to shut the door. Like, I swear it was like five or six times, and it just made Creed look kind of, kind of, kind of dumb in a way, right? So, I mean, they could play up the exhausted card, and he just wasn't really paying attention to what was happening. But at the end of the day, I think you use that once or twice. I mean, you rip that crutch out of his hand and you smack the dude over the head with it, right? So at that point, um, Kemp then eventually, you know, uses the crutch's weapons. And then Creed replied by spraying a fire extinguisher at Kemp. Backstage, or back at ringside, then they kind of just throw stuff out of the ambulance and they come back at ringside. And Kemp sent Creed into the steel steps. Kemp then knocked Creed down with the steps. Kemp tried to carry Creed to the ambulance. At the ambulance, Kemp slammed one of the doors into the head of Creed, but Kemp uh, put Creed inside the ambulance. Creed kicked one of the ambulance doors open, preventing Kemp from ending the bout overall. Remember, you have to get him in the ambulance and shut the doors. Back in the ring, Kemp slammed Creed onto the steel steps again, right? And as Creed was then placed Kemp into a wheelchair on the floor and sent him face first into the steel steps on the apron. After taking further punishment, Kemp went back and forth with Creed, and Kemp placed Creed in the ambulance and repeatedly slamming and slamming one of the doors under his fingers. Creed exited the ambulance and then used a series of weapons, including delivering 10 steel chair shots to the back of Kemp. Creed carried Kemp back to the ambulance and BOOM! Shut the door on him. At this point, your winner... Julius Creed, and we get the rest of mostly Diamond Mind, minus Roderick Strong in the ring, celebrating with his brother Brutus and the group. And, um, you know, the tag team is saved. And I have to say on this match, you guys, thank God the tag team is saved. So I don't think this was Creed's or Julius Creed's best match. I think this match tonight showed us exactly why the Creed brothers need to remain a tag team. 
And that way, eventually, when they go to the main roster, they're going to be tag team champions someday. The two just got a good thing going, okay? But they are not singles competitors, okay? It doesn't mean they won't ever will be, but I just did not like them in this element tonight. And on top of it, I don't think they got to use their traditional wrestling that the Creeds are known for, right? So what happens is it's like you put um, a traditional wrestler like a Shelton Benjamin or Charlie Haas or Kurt Angle, right? And then you say, go do an ambulance match. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for their style of wrestling. So I did not like Julius Creed in this match. And, you know, I want you guys to know, like, for me... That is a um, tough thing to say, but I have to, you know, just be honest with how I see them, right? Because I have to take out the element that the Creeds, I'm a fan of them, right? I'm a fan of those brothers. They, um, they actually went to the same high school as me, right? So for me, I'm like, man, I want these guys to succeed. I want to have that, you know, kind of that school pride thing going. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I do want to see them remain as a tag team, and I think that's what everybody wanted. So it was not the best match of the night. And I just think the elements were just wrong for the style of wrestlers that we're dealing with here with more of the technical guys. But moving ahead. And moving ahead, we did. So we finally get this match that's being filmed in progress, right? And now we get it to a live audience because we get actually the pull up of the car. And then they're dragging it to the ring. We got, that's right, Mandy Rose from Toxic Attraction. And it, Alba Fire, a.k.a. Kylie Ray. I'm going to still call her Kylie Ray. But will the fire feel the thorns of Rose? That was the thing of the match, right? The dream match of nightmares, if you will. So at this point, they get in towards the ringside. They're fighting back and forth. And finally, they get in the ring, and the bell rang. And uh, Rose then worked on fire in the corner. Rose sent fire into the commentary table on the outside. Rose continued to inflict punishment on fire. And the action returned to the ring. Rose drop face, excuse me, fire drop face Rose face first onto the canvas as she attempted to build momentum. And you know that she wants to win this title. Fire turned the tables. Rose replied basically with a spine buster at that point. Fire turned the tables and connected with a swanton bomb. Jane and Dolan from Toxic Attraction finally got back to the arena. Who knows how? Interfered and pulled the referee out of the ring. And the referee was ultimately taken out of this match. There was a moment in this match where Alba Fire almost won the title, but there was no referee, right? So then, um, what happens is Rose went for a big knee and a miss. Fire hit a gory bomb. Boom, right? And you're thinking right there it's over. But there was no referee, like I said. And Dolan and Jane attacked Fire on the outside, which ultimately allowed Rose to pick up the win once the referee came to. And so, winner, and still... NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose via pinfall. Guys, it was the right call for this championship. Toxic Attraction has continually been one of the best things NXT in the 2.0 and the modern black and gold. The new black and gold. It's always stayed that way. Um, I think Braun Breaker and Toxic Attraction honestly are the way to go for the immediate future until we can solidify some of these other stars. I like Kaylee Ray. Um, I like, oh, sorry, I like Alba Fire. I like her better as Kaylee Ray. But, however, uh, Mandy Rose, they've got a thing going with Toxic Attraction. And, you know, I feel like she's got that Roman Empire effect with Roman Reigns on the main roster kind of thing with the bloodline. 
but with this toxic attraction group. And I don't know who's ultimately going to take her down, but whoever it is, it's going to be a big deal. I promise you that, and that person will be a star. So then at this point, guys, we move on to our main event, and that's the NXT Championship. Dragunov, Braun Breaker, the current champion, JD McDonough. So you've got this match built as the man, the machine, and the madness. All for the championship. So this match, all three men made a entrance. The first two made an entrance were the challengers. Braun Breaker then comes out and he breaks stuff, right? That's Braun Breaker. There actually was two tombstones with his opponents, Dragonov and McDonough's name on it. And he looked at him and he brought a shovel and then he broke one of the graves, one of the tombstones, just to kind of prove a point. Dragunov and Breaker, they all get in the ring. And they immediately got their hands on McDonough because he's the one in this match. He's the creepy little bastard they just don't like, right? McDonough took advantage when Breaker and Dragunov almost came to blows. But McDonough sent Breaker out of the ring and took the fight to Dragunov. Dragunov is a me mechanical beast, right? This guy, uh, they build him up. He's kind of like a, a mini pit bull that just doesn't know his own size. Like a, maybe a... A really super small dog, but he just goes at it. He's very technically driven. Um, so at this point, Breaker and Dragunov went added in the ring, and McDonough waited to pick his spot on the outside. McDonough ended up walking into an attack from Dragunov. Dragunov then took control of the match and sent McDonough into Breaker into the corner of the ring. Dragunov then connected with a coast-to-coast. -coast. Man, it looked like Shane McMahon or Rob Van Dam style from coast-to-coast, -coast, right? So... Breaker and Dragunov then traded blows in the middle of the ring. McDonough applauded them, but then was attacked by Breaker and Dragunov. So you could tell it was almost like a two-on-one dynamic. They really didn't like McDonough. So at this point, Breaker um, and Dragunov went nose-to-nose, -nose and the pair collided at once. Breaker delivered a Frankensteiner, classic move from his you know, famous Steiner brother, uh, father and uncle, and to McDonough, which Dragunov turned into a powerbomb. All three competitors went to war on the outside of the ring. Dragunov and Breaker ended up on the outside, and McDonough took them out with a leapfrog over the top rope. Oh my gosh. A number of near falls were then traded back in the ring. Breaker delivered a double German suplex to McDonough and Dragunov, and McDonough almost stole the victory. Okay, almost. But it's only in horseshoes and hand grenades is almost, right? And then when it appeared that Breaker had done enough to finish off Dragunov, Breaker sent McDonough out of the ring. Dragunov sent Breaker down. They connected with a torpedo Moscow. But McDonough returned to the ring just in time to break the cover. And he broke the cover by grabbing the referee's hand that was doing the count. So that was an interesting way to break the cover. And I thought that was kind of clever to get in the ring and grab the referee's hand because he couldn't get to the opponents too quick enough. So at this point, um, they kind of go back and forth, you know, a little bit more of the action. And then at this uh, point, Dragunov sent McDonough into the commentary table. And then back in the ring, Breaker and Dragunov traded blows again. And Breaker caught Dragunov with a spear to the win. One, two, three. And still, your NXT champion, the one, the only, the main event, Braun Breaker via pinfall. Alright guys, let's talk about that match. The championship match, I think, did enough to get it done. It, um, the triple threat aspects gave guys a chance to shine in their own right. 
But these were obviously some inexperienced opponents for Braun Breaker. And you wanted Braun to look strong in this match because he is your feature guy for the immediate future, right? It's been almost a year he's been battling. I remember last year he was taking on Tommaso Ciampa at this very event at Halloween Havoc, right? So um, I think Braun Breaker is still going to be your feature guy for the next long term. So that match, I think, did a good job of highlighting Breaker and giving him a good match with two different opponents. And it also, I think, gave a rub to those two guys to be in a match of this caliber at um, NXT's second bigger pay-per-view of the year or premium live event, right? So at the end of the day, here's my final thoughts. I feel like the champions remain tonight, right? But also, I want to talk about the opening match. We had a new champion crowd in what was my match of the night with the ladder match. Then we had the Haunted House match that kind of happened throughout the night. While the action seemed a little short in the ring for me for the Alba Fire match and Mandy Rose, it was a storytelling throughout the night. And I'll be honest, since it's Halloween Havoc, we got to have the spooky flying pumpkin thing going on, right? And we all do a little extra for stuff like that. So for me, I'm okay with what the Halloween Havoc did tonight with NXT with some of the extra spooky stuff. That is the theme of the show, right? I just don't want that kind of stuff to carry into the regular programming. But I'm cool with it tonight, all right? So at this point, um, we got a casket match. I felt like that fit the Halloween theme. It's very gimmick-heavy tonight throughout the night, right? I think NXT tested some stuff, but I also think they made it very safe. And the safe part was with the champions remaining. You've got to have Mandy Rose, and you've got to have Braun Breaker as your features going into the next year. NXT is in a crisis resurgence and revamp from the whole 2.0 experiment being kind of crazy and just almost killing the business, right? So, at that point, I think you have to remain with your consistent champions. I like what they're doing with veterans like Apollo Crews coming back to hell, just like they did Dolph Ziggler in the spring. But, ultimately, NXT, it was a decent show, and you know what? I would highly recommend just checking it out. Um, there's a few stuff in the middle, so if you really want, watch that opening match. And then check out the championship match. I think that will give you enough. But if you want to stay for the whole thing, based on what you kind of heard here on Tap Out Talk, give it a look, guys. So that's been the final thoughts and results of NXT Halloween Havoc. I want to say thank you, and I want to say good evening, happy Halloween, and good night, guys. And I guys, I want to also say thank you for watching. Like, share, subscribe. I love the interaction with you guys over here on Twitter. And it's not goodbye around here, but it's just game over.